Welcome to Build with Rob. I am Rob Deerdeck, former professional skateboarder turned lifestyle venture capitalist. I am the CEO and founder of the Deerdeck Machine, a one of a kind venture creation studio where we manufacture amazing companies using our machine method process. Now, look, this show. Um, it's all about that process, right? Whether it's the, somebody pitching us an idea in the discovery phase, whether it's bringing a, a product to market in the launch phase. Uh, but today it's about the scale phase and, and, and an interesting problem uh, that our great portfolio company, Outstanding Foods, uh, recently ran into with a new product that they brought to market. So we're going to discuss that. But more than that, uh, this is a very special episode because this isn't just a single person. This is two people. So, of course, we have the greatest CEO in our portfolio, the legendary Billy G, the one and only Bill Glazer of Outstanding Foods. Uh, but we also have a New York Times bestseller. Okay, one of the biggest podcasts in the world and a partner in both Outstanding Foods and MindRight of yeah. the Deer Deck Machine, the one and only Lewis Howe. My Thank man. you guys My for man. being here. Yeah. Welcome. Excited. Okay, look, here's here's a couple of things I want to cover today. First of all, you know, there wouldn't even be a partnership between myself and Billy G if it wasn't for you, you know, mm. so I, I'd really love to talk about not, not only how we got connected and that whole story and sort of the process and that, but really, really it's a story of networking, mm. you know, and how Billy connected with you. And ultimately that connection led to connecting with myself, a lot of different people, the harders mm -hmm. even. Right. And it really, it really proved to, to be a, a pretty significant sort of aspect of the, of the brand development. I'd love to hear both your thoughts on, on networking as a whole. And then really in the second half, I want to talk about, just really what happened to the the product of takeout, uh, which was essentially the meal in a bag, super puff with 21 grams and fortified vitamins and minerals and the greatest snack ever created. And it's confusion in the marketplace mm. that led to changing the name completely. Uh, I'd love to like go through and just kind of talk through how it happened and, and sort of what other people could kind of learn and take away from this idea of like when you get pinned like that. And then, of course, we brought the machinists in to give some feedback of what the, they thought about renaming the product and what they thought the most beneficial uh, aspects of the product were. So without further ado, let's talk about the time that we actually met together, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, how did you guys initially meet? Well, we actually all met here in your studio for the first time, I believe, right? Didn't I bring Bill here? Yeah, but how did you and Bill we met initially met in 11, 10, it must've been 10 years ago. Yeah. At least in, 10 years. Were we in, in New, New York, York city? In New York. We were ice skating. No, 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 it was before that, but it was with the same group that introduced uh, us. It was Bradley that introduced us. Yes. You were, I think doing a flyby in LA when you were this big time New Yorker. Right. And you, I got a, a message that, Hey, you have to meet my buddy Lewis. He's leaving town tomorrow, but mm -hmm. next time you're in New York. And so when I went to New York, the next time you and I had dinner, of course, you, I think, invited the vegan man that I am mm, to a steakhouse, steakhouse yeah. in New York. <laughs> and How often does that happen, though? All, all the time. I mean, it's basically like, hey, let's go get a nice dinner. It's a steakhouse, and it's yeah, the yeah. vegan who has to get the salad. I, I mean, I've probably been to more steakhouses than most meat eaters after being 
plant-based for 31 years. Yeah. But Louis, you, you and I met at a steakhouse in New York. Yeah. And again, and why was that meeting? Like, what was it about like the Bradley that was like, Hey, you two have got to connect back in 10. Was this the roll days? It might've even been before that, but gotcha. it, I think, I think, you know, from his perspective who introduced us, it mm-hmm. was here are two there's an outstanding guy and there's a great guy and you have to meet. And this was, you know, his this four, preschool of greatness. This was preschool yeah, yeah. of outstanding as well. And right. so yeah. anyway, they, you know, there was no agenda as far as I knew. It was just, mm-hmm. hey, you know, good guys. I'm friends with both of you. You guys should connect. And yeah. we, we connected. And well, that's been 10 years ago, though, right? Yeah, I think it was over 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. How long have you been in L.A.? I think nine years. Yeah. Crazy. So it was probably, yeah, about 10 years ago. And, uh you know, we developed a friendship first. We, we did some business stuff as well. Um, and then when we were doing the first raise for outstanding foods, I had told Lewis about, and Lewis made some other intros as well, but we were about to close our offering mm-hmm. and Lewis contacted me and said, uh, are you still raising? I have a guy you should meet. And, uh, you know, childhood hero, um, awesome guy. You got to connect. I'm like, well, and he told me, you know, this guy from MTV and I had not seen your show at the time. Didn't know much about you. I I'd, I'd heard about Robin big, but I hadn't seen that show. Yeah. And I'm figuring, okay, an MTV guy probably, you know, makes 17 grand an episode, maybe a $25,000 <laughs> investor. If I could step him up. Uh-huh. And so we were, we, we were over not subscribed, but over committed. And we were working out some details on our, on our, uh, terms with one of our investors that was an institutional investor. So I said, sure, we could squeeze them in. And so what, what led, Mm. what was it about? Was it just from when we talked, you know, and cause I, I basically had, had did the show probably about a few weeks before you introduced us. Right. And, and really what, what was it from, from that sort of process first? Was it email? Was it, it was, it was, it was really an intro to like, could you be on the show? Right. And really your outside, outside of doing dramas podcast, like doing your podcast was sort of my first, like first time of having like a really in-depth conversation yes. about my philosophies and just sort of business and life and everything. Cause I think I was trying to get you on for a couple of years and either you you or your team were like, I don't do press or something. Yeah. You were yeah. in that mode of life where like, yeah. I'm just focused on my thing and the show and creating businesses or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, well, we finally made it happen. I think you were like, okay, I'm here to support an Ohio guy or something. You finally came on. Yeah. And I remember, I think I came into the office right here and you were, mapping out like your master plan you had like the book the the deer deck book of like i've been working with these consultants for years and they've been mapping out the whole it was just pre like deer deck machine it was like was happening, but you weren't fully fleshed. Yeah, well, no, it was the deer. Deck. By the time I got into this office, it was yes, deer deck machine. Gotcha. I launched. I launched the deer deck machine right before. I went on your show. Got it. Right. I was now in the the mode of yes. like, what's deal flow? What's opportunity? Yes. So you, the giant book was everything that led up to this but, office. But you didn't really have like a bunch of companies you were invested in yet, I don't think. I think you were maybe mm-hmm. one or two or you were just getting into it. Yeah. And and you were like, I'm looking for great opportunities. And then this came about and I was like, I think you might be interested. Yeah. And so I just remember hearing you talk about your philosophy and your vision and how you're going to put it all through the machine and it's going to be these stages. And I was like, okay, well let's see if he can get through the state stage one, you know, of like yeah. 30 or whatever the stages were. And, um, we brought, I think I brought you in here, right? With Dave. Yeah. With Dave. Yeah. And, um, I think you just did a tasting of the chips originally. 
it was a tasting of the chips and the bacon strips that mm. were in development. The cheese, back then. the cheese whip or something, right? It was, was the, it was the cheese spread. It was mm, a whole yeah, assortment yeah, of yeah. outstanding yeah, goodness. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, you know, it was. Look, the, the pitch is second to none. It's one of the greatest <laughs> ones ever done. It's great, right? You know, and and at that time, like, were you were you because I because I, I want to say like I went to another one, maybe Scooter. You came to my house, yeah. and they made a meal for you with like a Big Mac and like some other stuff, right? Yeah, Scooter was there and a few other people, yeah. And uh, so you were, that's, 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 that's like, you were really working with Billy G here, really pushing, like opening up your network and like bringing people in. Now, what was it? Like, did you understand like, man, this is really special. Like, how was it for you who knew him pretty well to like all of a sudden be like, Hey, here's sort of like my concept. Right. Well, here's, I mean, I don't know how open you are about talking about your previous stuff, but we, uh, he brought me on to be a consultant and help with marketing for another company he had for an, a number of years. And so I got to know the way he worked, the way he thought and like his, his work ethic. And when he's, when he had this concept, I was just like being in LA for the last five years before that, having this kind of vegan plant-based superfood type of meal stuff. I was like, this is going to be big. I could just see the trend of how this could be impactful. So when I started tasting it, I was like, Oh, as a meat eater, if I like this, then a lot of people are going to like this. So I just saw the potential. When was this? Like five years ago with the chips? For the- that was exactly no, five years ago. Yeah. Right, that, right yeah, after. Like, yeah. Because yeah. we, we shot the show August 26th and then we, we must have met like right in September. A month mm. or two later. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Like somewhere. I was trying to find the photo. Like it was right. like, I was trying to search through. I'm like, I know there's a moment <laughs> where we met and there is just, you know, where Magic. I call the meat chip where I'm like, here's <laughs> right, the meat right, chip. Yes, I remember that. These are meat wow. chips. This is something bigger. This is a meat chip. Yes, you know, because yes. it was the, the, the push. Right. And so for you. So, so for me meeting. So I was like, okay. When you don't have a lot of talent, you got to learn to have a, a good network. And that's yep. what I've kind of created over the last decade is like, I never had like the exact skill, but I was able to meet people and connect people. Yep. And I think that is a skill in itself and it's become a superpower. And do you share that? Would you teach that? Is that part of what I you teach? Really, I don't really teach okay. a lot. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, I, I, I really, because you do it so well and you talk yeah. a lot about your beginnings being mm-hmm. connected to that, like I really thought, especially when I think about like, like doing the masterminds mm-hmm. and the quality of entrepreneurs that were part of the masterminds, Absolutely. right? Like yeah. you were part of the mastermind, right? Yeah, and like, the Harders were there and a bunch of other, Jim yeah. Quick and all these other people were there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I would, so I hosted a dinner at my place. I don't know if you remember this, yep. it was like 30 massive influencers. I don't think you were there, but it was a lot of influencers came and I had uh, Bill and Dave do the dinner with, with it. And I was yep. kind of like introducing them to my network of influencers. This was before I had the mastermind. It's kind of like my mastermind of friends. Yeah. And uh, I think maybe one or two people invested from that also, or you built relationships from that. I've always just been of the mindset of like, if I can plant seeds for everyone else and help them achieve their goals, good things are always going to come back around. And that's kind of what I've been doing. And when you were like, this is my vision, this is what we're creating. And he was like, we're looking for great partners. It just made sense. And I asked you, not in like a, a, a pushy way, I just say, hey, are you interested in this? Here's the deck. If you want to, if you want to learn more, I'm happy to set up a meeting. Yeah. And I think it's the approach of how you network and how you add value to your connections, not pushing something on someone else that doesn't want it. There's people that probably like with you who will text you and say, Hey, meet this person. I think you guys should connect. And you're like, eh, well, ask me first if I want to connect with them. Yeah. I'm sure you get that a lot. Like, <laughs> Look, not, I don't, hey, I wouldn't even respond to that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, meet this person. Like no, the, I wouldn't even respond. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you should meet, you should interview yeah. this guy on your show. I'm connecting you guys. Yeah. It's like, there's a way to approach a connection and connecting two different people in your network. 
and that's what I I wanted to do with you too, right? Like it is the actual, like, like you live this long journey. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And it's like, why not? Like, you know, there's so many times that we will like meet someone. It won't be the right fit Mm -hmm. for us. And we will make the call and be like, Hey, this is the perfect, we know the perfect person that should invest with you and build Mm -hmm. this with you. Like, and they're like, Oh, well, what you want some points out of it? Like, no, we don't want anything. Like, and, and I think that that's, you know, they say it, uh, um, so often to give without any expectation and, yeah. and some people are good at it. Some people aren't some people, <laughs> some people, their livelihood is trying to connect the dots and, and shave yeah. a little off the top. But, but I think when I think about how, like, you know, from meeting you to then, mm-hmm. you know, being presented the idea, then being like a, a really perfect fit for, right. for us to be partners and then really shape the brand into a completely different idea than, than what it was at that point. And, and again, there was no real, like, like expectations on any of those introductions on whether or not that they ultimately would work. And and I know, I I don't care what anybody says, man, the more often you can help others Uh with access to with, whenever you share energy with somebody and you actually have something that could, or or have a connection or someone in your world that could help them, like just giving it to them and then say, Hey, do whatever you guys will. Like, like that, like to me will always come back to you and Absolutely. it and it might be 3 4 5 10 years later you never really know you and that's that's in a sense how our relationship was yeah, built always. too lewis uh we had met once maybe twice before mm-hmm. you moved to LA and uh he put out a, a a facebook post i believe i'm moving to LA and anyone have an extra car <laughs> and i and i had an extra car i used his prius for like 6 months or yes. 9 months or something yeah, yeah. and I, i'm like lewis is probably a guy that won't crash it i didn't, I, I didn't anticipate his girlfriend at the time would but <laughs> yeah, exactly. no way I she's no, no. I, didn't, I didn't crash it but someone like punched it Remember there was like a dent in the back? I think she crashed. Oh, did she crash it? Out of a Okay, here. If you're at home and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I got a network. When I got extra cars, I'm going to loan it to the homie. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. to pay for the expenses like crap. We should do the reveal. I mean, the insurance company never paid for that. So this is this is an intervention here, Lewis. I need my money, man. Yeah, but it was always like that. He, you know, I just put it out there. He's like, hey, I got a car if you want to use it for, he was probably like, you can use it for like three weeks while you figure it out. And then it was like six months later, I was like, hey, you know, <laughs> now we had a good ag- arrangement around it. And then, um, I started doing some consulting with you and then I was just like making introductions, you know, it's like, okay, you need this. We've always been like that when he's looking for people on his team to hire. It's like, okay, who do I know? I think we're one of your first employees. I made the intro to, I don't think she's there anymore, but, um, the publicist, but, um, oh, yeah. and so it's always been like that. It's like, Hey, who do you know? How can we help? And I think there's a great quote, I'm going to butcher it, that someone said, that's like the, the secret to a fulfilling life is to plant seeds under whose trees or under whose shade you don't expect to sit. Yeah. It's like constantly be planting seeds, knowing that you may never sit under that shade one day. Yeah. Someone else can benefit. And you're under someone else's shade that they planted 10, 50 years ago of a tree. And uh, I think that's part of it. So it's just always making those good introductions. Yeah. And look, I, I, I love when, when, you know, I'll have like, like someone I really respect and care about will be like, Hey, could could you sit down and give this person some advice? Like this kind of what they're working on. And like, nothing makes me as happy as like when it's not something I would do, but I have the perfect connect. And then like, they get like a few million dollars out of them. You know, they get like some sort of significant, they become partners and it becomes sort of the cornerstone of it. Like any time that really works out is like, it's almost like, like a 
matchmaking almost to a degree. You know yeah. what I mean? You know what like, the greatest get thing ever? You, as you were saying that, I realized yesterday I was doing a call with a buddy who I introduced to his wife. And I realized there's three people that I've introduced to their wives that have multiple kids. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the coolest feeling to be able to connect people. Yeah. They, they you're the godfather. Off. You're you know the godfather. What? Yeah, exactly. You need a, hey, but it's need... the same thing as you in business. Like yeah. I may not be partnering with you, but here's someone who could be a good partner. They launch a business. They have their own child and business and then they exit or something good happens out of it. It's like, because of you, Yeah, you connected the dots. And I think that's important. Oh no, I love it. And I don't, I don't get any FOMO or any, any regret because it's like, if it doesn't fit the criteria of like where I felt like I had my hands uh-huh. on it and shaped it, like it, then I don't even, it doesn't matter what happens. I don't feel like I was like actually a part of it. Right. And I think that was kind of like the big deal as it related to, to doing the deal um, with fresh soul at the time. Oh, right? right. Right. Because it was like, fresh soul. it was wow. called, and, and like, really, I was like, I, it's like wow. the brand is, if we can th- think about the brand, because even when I presented the idea of vigilante, That's it right. was at your house That's right. when we were starting to just sort of talk through the potential yes. of doing it. Then we did that dinner and I'm like, it needs to be something more aggressive. And I, yes. I revealed vigilante to you guys in your apartment, uh, to, That's to, to crickets, man. to crickets. <laughs> <man. laughs> Well, I think, I think it was confusing in the beginning because they wanted to do a restaurant as well called Fresh Soul. As I remember, it was like, we want to have the restaurant, which is like the, the HQ where all the celebs and the influencers can come and we can like design new products and have food and kind of like this, this, this stable place where everyone comes to and then design products from there. And it was like, okay, is that the same as the the product brand or is that just the restaurant brand? So I think it was like a little confusing in in the beginning to where it is now. And it sounds like it's still evolving. Yeah. Well, no, I think the, I think the, the, the reality of it is, is think how much Billy G had to sort through in the beta stage of raising like, okay, big, like, and, and that's the, you know, the testimony to the quality of this man, uh, as a founder and CEO is it's like, uh, like pushing all the ideas, Mm -hmm. keep shaping, stopping, like making the decisions that matter when they matter to keep pushing and evolving and which led to focusing on the chip only. And one of the things that Bill has done an amazing job and also as a master networker, I mean, how many people have invested now that you built relationships with over the years? or connected the dots or made an introduction to you? Like how many people have invested now in the brand because of networking? Yeah, no, I mean, I think almost all of them. And I think, you know, as an entrepreneur also, when you're out raising capital, you know, unless you have some shitty product and opportunity, then you take the first money in, right? Or the first money that's willing to, to come in. But as an entrepreneur, if you feel you have something, if you're at that idea stage, we, when, when we met, we were still in very early R and D and we were in that process for at least a couple of years after that. And, and, you know, faced a whole bunch of challenges that we had to navigate. But when you have something of value, I think as an entrepreneur, you always have to keep an open mind because Mm -hmm. whatever, wherever you think you're going, you are going to get many, many obstacles in your path that are going to tell you, no, you're not going there or you're not going there. Now you have to figure out what you're going to do here before you get there. And so the same thing with raising money. If you, we were about to close, we had the investors to close. And then Rob's like, I want to, I want to throw a bomb of a check on you. Yes. You're like, uh, <laughs> can we take this much money? Well, I think, you know, for <laughs> me, Rob was like, I want to own the whole company. Boom. Well, we, I mean, we and talked like, about it. You were like, wait a minute. What? I thought he was going to do 25 grand. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, <laughs> no. I wasn't. <laughs> it really, hey, it's really, that is a testament. Did it shock you that I was willing to cut it? Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. My expectation. <laughs> shock. I remember him saying, uh, coming man. to me and being like, 
oh, it was a great meeting. We'll see like maybe, maybe 50 grand or maybe a hundred, yeah. maybe a hundred grand, yeah. but I'm not expecting much. And then he like, I, I can't remember if you, you called him or you emailed him or you texted him like, or you just wrote the number down and you're well, like, here's what I want to give you. Rob, Rob said, give me three numbers. And so, you know, look, oh, when you're, yeah, when you're yeah, raising I money know. or, or, or if you're in sales, you always ask for yes. bigger than your expectations, uh -huh. right? Because you can never walk someone up, but you could, you could walk them down from your ask. Right. Yeah. So what are so, the numbers you are? So I, I, I mean, are you okay yeah, if look, I share look, the numbers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even, even in this, cause this was a dance, right? Yeah, you know, cause, dance. cause a lot of times, you know, most of the stuff we co-find, right? So like we're, we're just building it together. So we sort of, you set out and it's, yeah. it's before like these it's, and you know, probably half of our company is like very early stage where there's some capital in. So there's a, a little bit more negotiation. So we were really negotiating for capital and options that I could buy more yes. of the company to own a significant amount of the company. And then what options did you present me? Well, you, you came to me and you said, give me three choices, three amounts. And so I'm still of the mindset, even after being in this office, I'm still of the mindset that this is an MTV guy that is getting paid <laughs> per episode and he's 25 grand. Maybe I get him to 50. So the minimum of those three options was a hundred grand. Okay. We were raising a million and a half. So the top end of the option was 750, which would have been half of the raise. Mm. And then the, the middle option was right in between 375. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's like, what you offered him. That's what I offered him. Yeah. Never with the wildest <laughs> expectations that he was going to choose the top one. Uh, and you're like, is this whole uh, life savings? Because, because uh, we had, we, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to liquidate something. He's selling this office. Uh, black credit cards. Oh, yeah, man. You know, what, like, if, what if I put that 750 on the black card? It's like, I got, this is my only way out. There were, there were boxes in yeah, here that weren't man. fully packed yet, ready uh, for the exit. Uh, so, you know, so he my, came back, what, the next day in Texas? Like I said, I'll back, take the seven fifty banger. Let's rock. So you know, I went into. <laughs> I, have, you, have you ever offered? Have you ever written that big of a check yet on a business? Because I felt you were just getting into it, right? Yeah, but I, I dance with the devil. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, you felt I, and you're like, I, I'm going on. Yeah, and, and I think the difference to, to be it was the biggest check. I think I, you know, I've done did five hundreds and six hundreds, mm -hmm. and I've done million, million and a half. But now you have right. Uh, yeah, but, but at the time, no, nah, I did. I did when I fully owned them and cash flowed them, I did million, two million, right? So I wouldn't, it was, um, I used to say, um, Deer Deck Enterprises, our money's fearless because <laughs> scared money don't make money. Uh, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I eventually, um, evolved into the machine. So our money's more, more, more strategic, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm, you know, I think it, at the time it was significant, but it was, it was his financial background, mm -hmm. right? It was really looking at that model. Spreadsheet, and the, the yeah, Wall Street, it, yeah, the understanding. Yeah. It, and it's like, for me at the time, I had really gotten deep into people understanding their business by, mm -hmm. by understanding the way they created the model. And, and I think that like that aspect of seeing the vision of the business through the lens of that model and his financial background mm -hmm. and his, you know, again, we, we had this discussion when we did sort of the history of like the development of, of the, the brand on our, on the previous podcast, but it was really, he was the right and left brain, yes. right? Because he, he really was, was, it wasn't like when I was coming, bringing these ideas to him about like, it should feel different what it is like it, he was like, he was like, yeah, you're like, he was soaking it in and talking through the ideas, which of course led to, you know, pushing him to vigilante, make it aggressive, led to him coming back with, what do you think of pig out? Ooh, you know, yeah. it, which really, 
like evolved it. And then when we just, the whole thing then came together for us from Bay the Pig to, to like really having the look and feel and everything like become the brand and the idea of leading to outstanding because it's like taste and innovation over everything. Like it's outstanding right. taste. And it just, you know, and in hindsight now, when you really know that, know him and his passion for puns, yeah. that it's <laughs> like, you guys are talking about me. Right yeah, <laughs> like how, how perfect it is to have an outstanding day, this outstanding fellow right here, right next to the greatness, you know? So that, that was, you know, it, it just, it just meant a lot at that time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and again, I wanted like a meaningful stake to like yeah. ride out, right? Like I need, like, uh, I would rather spend the money to have a meaningful later stay already developed, already capital, capital in, because I need to feel like I'm a part of it to be excited. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I was going to say, as a, as an entrepreneur, you have to be adaptive every moment of the day. There's always things that you're navigating through, around, over, under, and when it comes to investing, uh, taking on capital, it's the same thing because, mm -hmm. you know, in the past strategic investor where you take on some VC that, you know, is in, in the suit that is going to talk to you about the promise of all their contacts and their wisdom. Sure. And they're going to sit on your board. And as an entrepreneur, you essentially hire your, your boss. And, yeah. you know, a lot of venture capitalists are very value oriented and they, and they do open a lot of doors and they do help a lot of companies. But you know, it's a different world now where as yeah. an entrepreneur, this what means strategic investor has a lot of different meetings these days. And so after you and I connected, we had a clear creative riff and I knew, you know, that Fresh Soul wasn't going to be our long-term brand. That was a placeholder. And so, you know, it was through the exchange. It wasn't that, okay, you have 5 million Instagram followers and you, if you post, we're going to generate X amount of sales. It wasn't any of that. It was like, I see you as a partner in helping to build our brand and some of the money that we had committed that was just money was a commodity that I could set aside to bring in a strategic and I, investment. And I'm curious to add into that, where do you think the brand and business would be had you not had Rob as a partner in terms of financial, well, maybe not financially, but in terms of financially, creatively, resource wise, like passion, just his thriving, like passion for the brand. Where do you think it would be? Would it be the same name? Would it be this product? Would it be something else? Would it be bigger? Would it be smaller? What do you think? Yeah, I think like any creative process, like you could sit at home and, and think of ideas and you can come up with ideas, but you know, a good creative process is, is that exchange and hearing people's ideas, like your, your, the whole existence of the machinist is to get feedback. And so as an, as an entrepreneur, you can't be an, I own everything kind of persona or personality. You have to take feedback. You have to have partners, you have to have mm. um, input on every level of your business and you have to process that and make those decisions, but you have to have that input and that feedback mm -hmm. and ideally coming from partners, people that Right. you value and that have a, a, a stake and that have, you know, something to win or lose. And so we had a clear exchange that, um, there's no question that, you know, when I hit you with pig out that I wouldn't have come out with outstanding foods if it weren't the mm, yeah. exchange that we had, it was through that exchange that rip, even the three of us, when we came up with full of flavor, free of guilt, yeah. that was a three way between yeah, us. I was actually. giving you some yeah. feedback yeah. on yeah. the edits yeah. and everything. 
Where do you think it would be though? You think it'd be, you know, in the same amount of sales, less, more. What's up? What are we doing? Are we trying to say, say like, it could have been way bigger if Rob wasn't involved. <laughs> well, I'm assuming it wouldn't have been, but I was just trying to see where do you think it would be? Yeah, I think no. it's hard to say. You know what I mean? It, when, you, when you put it on him to try to be like, what, 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 I think, you know, our business would have been nothing without Rob. I mean, we there we go. There we go. Sales, Let, this is what you try. Yes. He's for the sound bite. And look, and, 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 and to 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 kind of go back to you know what Lewis was saying in the sense of like you really you really have an extraordinary cap table of people that on a oh, so many different so many. levels and stages and so, oh, so much strategic and these are all primarily through people and networks that you've created yeah. you've kept in touch with it's almost like you were you position the state you start buttering up the state the future stage mm-hmm. by kind of showing them and hey this is what i'm doing let's get a meeting this is what i'm talking about so that by the time the company's ready you're like 10 million dollar rounds ready to go because you had already been sort of like you know networking what the future was going to be with them is that is that instinctive or was that sort of more like the strategy almost that you employed the whole way through yeah i think you know i share lewis's philosophy like you always have to give value to build a relationship, right? And, 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 you know, sometimes you're doing that because you want to, right? Not with a, with an end game in mind. It's not like, Hey, here's my Prius, go have your girlfriend bang it up. And this is my expectation, right? It's like you do things because you want to do things. And there, you know, you like, I think these days, the line between friendships and business relationships is, is a lot more vague. And, you know, in the past you, you had your work relationships and you had your personal relationships. These days, you not only want to do something as a, in, in whether you're a founder or whether you're an admin assistant that is doing something you connect with, you, you know, you, you should be working in something that you really believe in and that's doing good that you could Mm -hmm. feel good about. But in the type of relationships too, where you want to work with people that are your friends or become your friends. And I think that is also, you know, something where those lines have gotten blurred, but blurred because we're making more conscious choices to choose not just money with an asshole behind it, but to choose a relationship that has business value, but also are people you want to be working with and want to be partners with. Yeah. Look, and I think this, this trio right here is an extraordinary example of it. You know what I mean? Of like, you know, random, like, Hey, let's get together. Let's share philosophy, meet my friend. Like, and then five years later, five years later, let's jump on this show and talk through it, talk through the history and what it is. Right. It's, it's the other side of it being amazing. Right. Because you would have never thought like that, you know, my brother from another mother in Ohio, that we would go on to to become friends at this level, then partners and do all types of different Mm -hmm. stuff together. Um, and, and, you know, again, I want to, want to reiterate coming up on the five year anniversary of, uh, the podcast that I, I did with Lewis. And so we're going to do a, a five year anniversary and go back and all the philosophies and things that I talked about then and, and my energy and sort of vision, uh, kind of giving an up to date look five years later of all those things that we discussed about then, including, uh, the status of where, uh, outstanding foods has, yes. has evolved to. So I, I look forward to doing that. And, and again, I'm trying to get this big win. I got this big win on the edge that I'm trying to get done before we shoot really? so that can I can add that to no? the story. I cannot, no. I cannot. Okay. I'll reveal it on August 26th. On August 26th. <laughs> A little tease on the gear deck machine. Okay. Now I'd like to jump subjects to, you know, 
okay, we created this, you know, extraordinary brand, pig out, uh, pigless bacon chip yes. that evolved into the pigless pork rind and boom, it's just cooking. It's coming alive. Billy G has evolved into just a master of the puff and <laughs> he creates this extraordinary product, right? And, and, and again, when you, when you originally created the takeout puff, like, and, and, and really when you were going for the puff was the idea, was it just like, I'm going to create just this puff that has like is nutrient dense and has all this different benefits. And this will essentially be a healthy snack for people to, to choose over a regular snack that has no health benefits. Like what was the vision? And then what was the fear of it kind of not fitting in the, the, the outstanding pig out sort of hierarchy? Well, I think first when you and I were having the branding riff, pig out was such a powerful name that it's the double entendre, the pig is out, you could pig out because it's healthier and it's in your face, right? And so we, we like that about it. It fit with the branding that we were trying to do, the, the persona of the brand we were trying to do, but it had to be connected to outstanding foods. And so mm-hmm. with that, that brand name, that sub-brand name, pig out, connected to the parent brand of outstanding foods, then the thinking was, okay, let's create this house of brands with other verticals and let's create chill out and take but, out. Yeah, but yeah, initially it was steak out, steak out, chicken, out. chicken out. out. You know what I mean? It was yes. like, Ooh, we're going to go the chicken and the steak. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And, 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 it, and you, and we knew it was limited. Yes. We knew it was like, Hey, it feels really good. And then by the time you develop new products, it was like, chill out, like take, you know, it was like started to yes. like the product line scaled away yeah. from sort of the hierarchy which started to create a little bit of stress on what the right decision was, where it was so clear if it was chicken out and steak yeah. out, you know. And, and the vision also was never to be just a snack food company. We're, we're building a platform. So snacks were the first category we're attacking because we wanted to go where people shopped. Everyone shops in the, in, the, in the snack aisle. But the vision is to have products in every aisle to be replacing dairy and meat in snacks, but in everything from breakfast to dinner and doing, uh, doing all types of products. And so the, the vertical brand all sounded great at the time, especially because we love pig out so much. And the response we got to pig out was very, very favorable. But then as you start getting in the market and you start, okay, after pig out, now we decided on takeout and okay, yes, that's got a double entendre too. It's the convenience of grabbing takeout as food and you get all this healthy snack and we're taking out the bad stuff. But we knew it wasn't as powerful as pig out, right? But mm-hmm. okay, we're going to make it work. And, and then and keep in mind, originally this guy over text, I, you know, it's as, it's as sharp as I can remember it. I was sitting on my couch watching TV, exchanging like tech, like name banter with him at like <laughs> 930 at night. And he's like, what do you think about eat out? <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, uh, hey, boom, wow. what type of food is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are you guys uh, thinking about? I'm thinking uh, about you go to a restaurant. Uh, what, what, are you, what are you two thinking about? Look, so I, I said, I, I like it. I think that I, it's, it's like perfectly on the, like, because it really is like, you know, 
Like it is like, you know, like takeout if you will, but it is, it is, it, it is eating out, right? Like you get your whole meal in a bag and I hit him with like, oh, it's, it's eating out. It's a meal in a bag, right? Because like when you eat out, you get your meal in a bag. That's where the whole thing. And yeah. then it was like, we were gassing each other up. Right. It was eat out. At one point it was eat out meal in a bag. Yeah. And it was, and, and it felt like it tied really well to the aggression of pig out. Right. <laughs> and then the first time I said it to, like a female entrepreneur mm. friend, it was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, eat out? Is that crazy? Oh, that's disgusting, right? Like, it was like a meat, like, and and she was like, why don't you just call it takeout? You know, and it was it it really like like. I only then felt, I never felt like <laughs> awkward about pig out. It was like, Hey, pig out little, aggra-, you know, it was like, Oh, that's great. You know, but it's not like eat. It was like that, like, Ooh, was like the wrong feeling. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And which really led to like the, the, the cleanliness of tech takeout. It felt good. You know, like at the end of the day, like it's delicious, right? Above all. Right. And um, you get all these extra benefits of all the vitamins, the protein, all of that. And, and so even as we branded, there was like, is it a meal? Oh, meal replacement. There was some pushback and thought, um, to sort of like, uh, what the actual value proposition of the product is and how it lives in a store. And, and to me, um, there was no real way. The only way to really test it was to get feedback from mm-hmm. from retailers, right? Because you know, like at the end of the day, you know, we didn't test pig out, right? And then there was really because we were like, we just love it so much. They had suggested maybe you test it. And we we're like, no, even we don't even want to hear the data. You know what I mean? Like, and it's it's. But for this, it was a little a little bit different, right? And so what. What happened that led so quickly to once, once it launched that like all these signs started pushing you in the direction that you were like, okay, wow, this, this, we may need to really rethink this. Well, I think it starts first with the philosophy, right? And the philosophy that we have, we didn't innovate this. This is a common philosophy. Facebook uses it. We all use it. Done is better than perfect, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you're trying to perfect something, you're often insecure about the feedback you're going to get. And and you want it to be so super perfect because you don't want to hear people say, well, this sucks, right? So you don't want to come out with a shitty product either, right? That's the other end of the spectrum, but you don't want to be in the minutia, you know, because even some of the bigger brands that do uh, all types of data research and market research and consumer feedback, you know, they still end up pulling products off the shelf like Coke just recently did with Coke Energy after a couple of years because yeah. it didn't hit the way they expected and all their R and D and research, you know, turn out not to resonate with consumers as they thought they would. Right. Yeah. So- and look, and to that point, that's why, you know, we have the machinists to get feedback. You know, we, we have a uh, different group peer groups we can test something with, but at the end of the day, it's still gut. Mm. And like, you know, what's, what's the right what's right for the brand, right? Like in, and a lot of times the bigger corporate, like someone like, they can't do that. They're just like, they just try to see the data and like, okay, let's not launch energy. Coke energy will be the one that hits. And then it still doesn't hit. It's, it just wasn't meant to be right. And I, I just think that that's the thing with data and testing in general, you know? Yeah. I think you, as a, as an early brand, you have to get feedback, right? You can't just, you know, do it entirely on gut, but you have to process that feedback, right? Because you can't blow in the wind and just, you know, hear everyone's 
feedback and then just process, you know, do, okay, you want this, you want that, you want this, then you create some like monstro monstrosity. But we went into it first with, you know, okay, this is the way we're connecting our brand coming up with this new vertical name. We knew that there was a value prop. A lot of us will tear up a whole bag of chips and not, without the intention of eating a whole bag of potato chips. And then, you know, we feel guilty right at the end of the, at the end, because we just got fat and salt. So with this product, there was all the nutrients of a meal if you ate the whole bag. So we saw that as a value prop, but when we put it front and center on the bag, we didn't realize at the time, but we realized that after hearing feedback that the core value prop was buried and the core value prop was, this is a great tasting snack. It tastes as good or better than Cheetos, but it's loaded with protein. It's mm. got 20 vitamins and minerals. It's a good source of iron and calcium and B12 and D. But how do you know that if all you're being hit with is meal in a bag, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Cause even, even in look, I'm, I'm a purveyor of the meal in a bag. I push the meal in a bag. You know what I mean? I, I wave the meal in a bag flag. You know what I mean? Like even, even it being done, even like meal in a bag puffs and the, and the bag on it, I just, mm. I still love it. You know what I mean? Now, it, and I was probably the, I was probably the most pushback of like, Hey, it's, it's not, it's creating the confusion. But when you, mm. when you, you got to stand back right. and like hear it, you know, cause I'm, I'm so, I just love like when the brand, comes together and it's like now it's the product and it's alive i i get so like attached to like no let the let the, the market find it over time yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> but that wasn't the case right so like really and that was beyond the consumer right was that mainly feedback from retailers like like where when did it become super evident that this is too confusing and we got to make the change. Yeah. Well, we use direct to consumer marketing as the core of our marketing strategy. And so we're, we, before anything goes to retail, it first goes directly to consumers. So that is a wealth of feedback. You, you get not only feedback after people buy a product and rate and review it or, or send messages to the company, but you're seeing, you're seeing even people's comments to you, the ads you're running on Facebook and Instagram and elsewhere, right? So you're seeing all that feedback in real time and you get an opportunity to hear it and see it in and on scale, but then also retailers, right? You, you know, like if you're coming out with an innovative product, oftentimes the, the buyers have to catch up to the innovation because they, in their perspective, perception, it's got to fit in what they're used to. Right. So like the first company that came up with a, with an energy bar, well, what is that? Where, yeah, where do yeah. I put that now? Mm -hmm. Every store is overrun with a whole energy bar section. Right. right? And there are mine, right. That are, now improving on them and, and innovating on that. Right. But it was a whole category that didn't exist before. Now it's taking up a big section of shelf space. So that buyer at that time is like, well, what, what do I do with this thing? What is this? Where, where do I put it? So we were getting that feedback from buyers, but initially our thought was, well, they're not getting where you put a product like this. Do we put it in the meal replacement? Do we put it in the salty snack? And we're telling them, no, it's a salty snack, but it's just packed with nutrition. So you could also eat it as a meal, but then we started to hear more of that and more of that. And then coupled with the feedback we got from consumers, we, we knew that that had to go. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and look, it was, um, man, you, as always, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, lightning speed. You know what I mean? I was still processing. Like, I thought we were still deciding. We sure, like, if this is the right idea, it's done. Here it is. Wow. It's in market. It was so fat. Like, I, cause I, I, 
it was like still tough for me, right? Because I, I, I felt like it, it had moved so fast that like, because the, the product was only in market for three months, right? It wasn't uh-huh. like the product was in market for a year. It was like this, and, and it takes, man, it takes some gall to launch a product, build big campaigns mm. around it, spend, spend a ton of time and energy to bring it to market. And, and then, and then look at the feedback from, from, from many different forms, right? Like it was, it was, it was ads to comments, to retailers, to, uh, partners and other people that created Mm -hmm. this collective idea that this needed to be cleared up. And Billy G said, we're going to clear it up now. And it was like, no soon. I feel like I hung up with him (laughs) and he wasn't fully committed to changing it to outstanding puffs. And I got fed an ad like 20 minutes later. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that quick. What's it at now? What's the, and so the evolution has gone from, you know, where, you know, from going from takeout meal in a bag, right? 21 grams of protein, you know, where it's like, you got to hunt that down. Now Mm. it's like, outstanding puffs right like now it's like oh well what makes an outstanding puff Mm. right it's like you're not even like like rather than take out a meal in a bag you started what does this mean yeah you're like now it's like you're trying to go through the whole process we know how much we love outstanding and then when it's like outstanding puffs then it's like what's that mean exactly oh protein and essential vitamin it's almost like you you it gets you excited then it tells you why pretty quickly I can say that now, you know what I mean? Yes. Because like now that it's like like come alive and what it is and, and and as that it's like actually been to market. Now the question is, since it's been launched now, because it, it launched this week, right? Oh, wow. What has been the feedback so far with the rebrand of calling it Outstanding Pops? Entirely positive. Entirely yeah. positive. So, you know, first we're getting feedback about what it was and why people were confused. So now people have the permission in a lot of cases to say, yes, that I didn't know what that was. Was it a meal replacement? Was it a snack? And so we've, we've heard that. And then people, you know, uh, when we were in the branding process of this and this, we did internally, you know, there was a, there was a, a a version that was called super puffs and, you know, we have outstanding in our company name and there's, you know, there's nothing more outstanding than outstanding. Right. So it, 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 you know, like when you call it super and there was a font that was very superhero, you know, you're, you're niching it down a little bit. And so we, we came to this realization that nothing is more outstanding than outstanding. That's got to be the root. And so now the way we're thinking about it, even this bag right now, this is a part of a process. It's not the end of the Mm -hmm. the process. And so right now we have outstanding foods, outstanding puffs, right? There's a redundancy in that. So we know that's something we have to fix. So what we're planning to do is use outstanding as the root of all of our future product names, outstanding puffs. If we do an egg, it will be called outstanding egg and things like that. Right. Mm. But we're now we hired a branding company that's going to help us really streamline the look, the feel Mm -hmm. and the design where we're going to turn our logo into outstanding. So we're not repeating the company name beyond meat right now on their product. They repeat the company name. It's you have beyond meat, beyond burger, beyond meat, beyond sausage. So that's, Certainly seems to be working for them. They're, they're, they're not, uh, I don't think people, you know, are, are missing what the product is, yep. but for us, we want to, we want to streamline and not have outstanding repeat. So we're going to use a, a, a logo 
for outstanding foods that is the mm-hmm. outstanding and becomes the root of all of our future products. Yeah, and, and, and look, I, I think it is, it's a testament to, you know, your way of being able to see micro and macro and, and the idea of like, nope, we, we are going to um, scale out of just the snack foods and we got to be ready and build the brand behind that. There's just a lot of deeper thinking you know, when you get into this phase and you're in the scale phase and you're making these, these bigger decisions that, 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 that seemed sound at the foundational um, stage of the development of the business and, and worked through launch. But then as things are evolving, um, making the decisions that matter, like being able to see out long into the future. Now, you know, I will, will hold my opinion on what I think was the, the, the right decision exactly. But I decided to, to send this out to the machinists, right? And, and really it was the idea of like, okay, give us feedback on like, you know, do you think this was a good idea? Like you guys are familiar with the brand takeout and how much I've uh, railed about, rallied behind it and what it is. Like, do you think this is better... Uh, or worse, what's the most important value proposition as it relates to this product? And would, are you more likely or less likely mm. to buy it with this new brand? Right, right. And of course, the machinists, they are not, um, you know, the end all be all. I'm not going to say that these amazing consumer collaborators that are a part of our universe are always right. I want to caveat that. Uh, but without further ado, I would like to share sort of the feedback that mm. we got um, in the insight that they brought us after we shared with them the the rebranding strategy. Can you guys pull that up? Okay, take a look at this. Wow. Rate your level of agreement. Renaming the product Outstanding Puffs was the right decision. Mm-hmm. You had an option of strongly agree, agree, neutral, disagree, strongly disagree. And if you can see right there, mm. that is a group of machinists at about uh, 65% yeah. that were like, this was the right idea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I think like that alone, like just is, and keep in mind, we're not feet, we're not like leading anyone. We're not, it's like, just here's two packages. Here was right. the theory. What do you think? Like that, then that level at that height, I think is pretty significant. You know what I mean? And, and then when they talk about, is it an upgrade? Almost the, the, the same percentage is putting it at a full upgrade. And and I think it, it is, it's clear that outstanding puffs just makes so much, it's just, it's, Mm -hmm. it just makes it so much more, more sense because the discovery of what the product is when it, when you see takeout Mm -hmm. is, is this really far journey to get there. You know what I mean? Did I get, were you afraid you're going to see what you, were you, uh, no, <laughs> were you afraid I was no, going to hit you with some no, like I negative like, stuff? I like, I like the fact that the first and the second part of this have consistency, that bottom group at 12, nine, they didn't waver. They didn't like, yeah. oh, what did I write yeah. on the first yeah. one? Let me, well, you know, it's yeah. interesting just looking at the top. I don't know what they saw when they were filling out the survey, but if you look at the two packages at the top here yeah. uh, and you think of copywriting, you think of like, as an email marketer, as a copywriter, online marketing, takeout doesn't make sense. If yeah. when you're thinking of the headline, the headline is the most important thing yeah. of a sales page yeah. or a, a newsletter or whatever, but outstanding puffs says what it is. Takeout doesn't say what it is. 
but so much clearer. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a hundred percent. And you even, you even see like those that loved it also said they're more likely to purchase it. Mm. Right. And, and I just think that is that the same, that same to your note of the concept, it really is. It's this really special puff. Oh, mm. what makes it special? Here's what it is. Yeah, it's all, oh, it's the, and, and again, like, man, people love protein. Man, it, it, it's just the fact that it, it works so well with the pig out, pigless pork rind, you know what I mean? And you just see it as like just the number one thing they chose over everything. And, and again, the essential vitamins and minerals, these two things that are basically the most important aspect you know what's is what they gravitated towards. And you know what's interesting is being creating a plant-based vegan brand, that's number four and five. It's not as important for this test group maybe for yeah. vegans it is but for this test group which sounds like you're trying to reach the masses yeah the always most the vision always the vision right. you know yeah, what exactly. i mean like convert people to vegan and and by right, right, and right. plant-based by by virtue of amazing tasting products right. exactly. yeah and I, I think we were aware vegan has a negative connotation for a lot of people because there's a lot of preachiness in the vegan community right but we found that plant-based was not the primary driver because people ultimately when it comes to food don't want to make a sacrifice they don't want to eat something that's inferior to what they're used right, to right? right so taste is always the paramount of our value props and it's got to be with the product and dave my co-founder is a smoke coming out of the ears genius mm -hmm. in being able to use plant-based ingredients to to get that taste and texture but it's got to taste good right if, if something's plant-based doesn't mean it's going to taste good right yep. so we lead with taste we lead with the nutrition plant-based we found, and you're bearing it out here as a secondary benefit. Okay, go. and look, let me let me say it once again. Billy G is the is the star CEO of this Deer Duck Machine portfolio because he he saw the problem, he pivoted, he made the decision, changed it, and guess what? It was the right decision wow. at the there right time. That's really again going to be another pivotal moment that pushes this business to the moon, to the stratosphere, to the success. So, Billy G, thank you again Yes, for being a well, truly, truly magical CEO and continuing to drive this company uh, the way that that all companies that I hope I have are driven. He's not know? He's not a magical CEO. He's an outstanding <laughs> oh, CEO. Yes. Well, I, I got a question. Coming from Mr. Greatness, I, you know? <laughs> that, that is that's a good company got, to be in. I got a question for each of you. It's been five years of the journey for pretty much both of you being involved in this, you a little longer, but call it five years. What's been the biggest lesson you've learned in the last five years through all the iterations of the brand, the name, the products, like the ups and downs, the mushrooms that couldn't get here in all, all the different manufacturing challenges, hiring the firing, like the onboarding of agencies, investors. What's the one lesson for each of you? in the last five years of this journey so far? I mean, to me, it's the lesson that's part of every journey. It's just, you have to, you, you have to expect challenges. You mm. have to expect that things aren't going to uh, unfold the way that you plan them to. And you have to navigate and persevere and be open to hearing feedback that might be different from what you, what you thought. Mm. And I think that's, always the, the, the critical ingredient to mm -hmm. a successful outcome. And, and look, and that's the, um, spoken from an entrepreneur that's driven a company to great success, right? And, and just the beginning. And for me, I learned 
that a CEO is not just somebody that has a vision and that can build the company, but they must be able to see the business multidimensionally. Billy G's sort of way of seeing both product and brand and the media and the marketing and the sales and the operation and the finances all together is what became sort of now how I judge every single one of my of co-founders and the businesses we created together mm. and the businesses that struggle have deficiencies in in one of those seven core capabilities where the great billy g understood them all well that's I, hard honestly, to find someone and like look, that right it must be hard to oh, find it's it's a ceo it's outstandingly difficult at the, at the, the standard oh. of billy g the puns are spreading more than corona Okay, look, I, I, I want to thank you both for being here. Uh, uh, again, loving the journey, love the process, love to to share with people what we're going through as it as it's happening. Thank you to Lewis uh, as a partner in multiple Deer Dick Machine yeah. brands and, and, a, and, a, and a great friend for coming down here and being part of it. I love to getting together uh, on, on your podcast again and, and sharing uh, the update of what the last five years had looked like. That's it for the show. To everybody out there, you know, if you... Uh, are listening to this show follow it you know if you're on YouTube subscribe it and if you got an amazing idea you go to DerekMachine.com and you pitch it to us you know if you want to be a machinist and give feedback and help create with us in this machine method process go to DerekMachine.com and sign up become a machinist Uh, and as always if you want to achieve anything great if you want to have greatness in your soul you got to have a vision for it you got to build a plan for it and then you have to give it all you got see it believe it and do it until next time it's your boy Rob Deerdeck